I'm Sierra Goodwill, Patriots Insider for CLNS Media, inviting you to subscribe to our New England Patriots Press Pass podcast. Alongside myself, Evan Lazar, Alex Barth, and Mike Petralia, we provide inside access to the six-time Super Bowl champions from inside Gillette Stadium and everywhere on the road. Our credentialed insiders provide instantaneous news and analysis, as well as access to full press conferences from Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Robert Kraft, and everyone else inside Patriots Place. Make sure to subscribe to New England Patriots Press Pass wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, it's Drags again. Wednesday, November 20th, time for episode 325 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and you know how to follow us on Twitter. You better by now. At Patriots CLNS. I welcome back a great colleague of mine, Sierra Goodwill of CLNS Media, covering all Boston sports, including, of course, the Patriots, tolerating my rants about players arriving on buses and being posted to social media. Um, on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. How you doing, Sierra? I'm doing great, Trags. Great to be back on here. Uh, it's great to have you back. Uh, you do you do tolerate me very well. You and Evan both on Sunday. Um, I think just kind of let me go when um, I went off on my tirade about uh, this obsession that people have, um, TV networks have, of uh, filming Tom Brady or any, you know, stars around the NFL or the NBA. The NBA, of course, does this quite a bit as well. Of uh, You know, these players arriving off their team buses and walking into the locker room. I don't get it. Can you please help me out here? Yeah, I think now Evan and I are, are just on the same page. Now when you go on your rants, we just try to smile and nod, let you work through it, and then you come back You come back to us a few minutes later. But, but uh, as far as the players coming off the buses, Trags, I think it's just a fashion statement these days. These athletes love to kind of be showy in what they're wearing. And so I think people on Twitter and online like to – at least the younger generation likes to see what these players are sporting, what kind of designers they're wearing on their like two minute walk to the locker room before they put on their sweats and warm up gear, which, so it's pretty pointless, but I think people just want to see their swag. So what was the uh, winter coat that Tom Brady was wearing? I'm, it's, I know it's a famous brand. What was it? Uh, I goose. That's the yes. one that uh, Taco Fall, the Celtics got gifted in the, in the uh, locker room, but Tom Brady has a bunch of Canada Goose jackets. Yeah, well, he was wearing it uh, fashionably before the game, and he was wearing it even more fashionably so after the game when everybody, including yours truly, made a big deal of how he looked and how he appeared and how he talked in the post-game presser. You and I were both in that room. My yeah. takeaway was, and it hasn't changed, he was pissed off. And he was tired from getting beaten around, especially in the first half of that win over the Eagles. Yeah, I think he was, part of it was that he was tired and he took some decent hits that game. Um, but I think he's almost reached his boiling point now with his offense where, you know, he's used to not being the star of the show and he's never been a conceited guy, but he's used to having control over his offense and knowing uh, who, what players are capable, what players are capable of, and being able to convert in the red zone, which they just 
have had struggles with all season, but especially this past Sunday. So he was really uh, on another level of frustration and quiet and not snarky, but just short, just short, just frustrated. Not uh, he bordered on snarky. I mean, he uh, let me ask, let me tell you that when he responded to. Uh, Mike Reese at the very end when yeah. Mike was asking him this softball question, trying to be funny, trying to lighten the mood after a win, mind you. Patriots right. won that game 17-10. You know, asking him about if Julian Edelman had uh, been bragging about his past career passer rating of 158.3, a perfect career passer rating, 4 for 4, and, uh, you know, the touchdown on Sunday. And Tom was like almost non-responsive to it. Nah, uh, he, we, he didn't say much. Um, it was and a great. And they ended the press conference. And they ended the press conference. And I'm like, here's how I read this because I know fans were all over people like me who wanted to interpret him as being ticked off, and they think that you know we in the media are trying to make a big deal of it. And look, anything Tom Brady says or does is is a big deal. I get that, but to give Brady the benefit of the doubt. It's not so much, Sierra, that uh, Brady's frustrated with his red zone execution. I think he is. There is some of that. He's tired of being asked the same questions over and over and over again after all of these games about the red zone, and it hasn't changed. Right. And here's what's going to change about it. I mean, there comes a point where these are his pieces. He has to work with what he's got. Maybe he's not feeling too optimistic with what he has, but when you're Tom Brady, you're expected to make the most of what you have. You still have Julian Edelman, your top receiver. You still have James White, who I think is not being utilized as much as he should be. You have Robinson, who's very capable. You have Philip Dorsett, who's very capable. It's not like you have all schmucks. I get that there's there's youth there with Jacoby Myers and Keel Harry, and he has to do more teaching than he wants, but there comes a point where you have to make it work. And I think, like you said, Tom Brady is frustrated that he keeps having to be asked about his offense not performing up to standards. But then when is it going to be time where you just have to change? And it's got to be better or you're going to keep fielding questions that are the same. Speaking with Sierra Goodwill of CLNS Media covering all things Boston sports, including the Patriots, follow her on Twitter at Sierra Goodwill, all one word, just like it sounds. S I E R R A G O O D W I L L. All right, Sierra, uh, you mentioned the receiving core. A, does Antonio Brown make a comeback for a second time this year to the Patriots? I don't think so. I'd say that very much, uh, tongue in cheek, uh, after his, uh, Instagram slash Twitter apology to Robert Kraft. What did you make of that on Tuesday? You know, I thought it was kind of interesting, um, kind of unnecessary Antonio Brown's point, which is why I, I understand people reading into it a little bit um, because it is coming right after Tom Brady being frustrated. Did the Patriots kind of check back in with Antonio Brown? But I, I have to say. No way. If I had to bet on it, he's not coming back to the Patriots. But, hey, listen, when I tweeted about it today – all of the responses I got were fans who saying that they forgive him, they would welcome him back with open arms. That's fans. Um, and I right, but I do think Tom Brady and him have a 
tight relationship. I mean, Tom Brady's commenting under all of his Instagram posts. I think Tom Brady would love to work with Antonio Brown again. I don't really think that Tom Brady cares about what AB is doing off the field or what's going on in his personal life. I think he just wants the best receiver and gifted receiver in the game, and I can't blame him for that. But I think for being realistic, nothing has changed. Antonio Brown is still involved with all of this drama. None of uh, his court appearances or accusations have been resolved, so really nothing has changed. No, and let's face facts. Uh, the second that the Patriots were to bring him back, uh, he would go on some type of suspended list, uh, the commissioner's list, uh, in the NFL as the NFL would, uh, investigate him. You, even though he had, what, a nine hour session, uh, last week, the second that Antonio Brown would sign on the dotted line again, that's when I think the NFL would put him on the commissioner's list. You agree? Oh, absolutely. I do think that, which is why I don't think that not just the Patriots, any team would sign AB before um, there's some sort of resolution, whether that's with the league, whether that's legally with the accuser. Exactly. There's not going to be any movement unless there's some sort of answer that comes out. Right. And, you know, part of me, obviously, and I'm cynical, we're all uh, to a degree cynical <laughs> in this day and age, is uh, it, some of the impetus might have come from Drew Rosenhaus. But I think your point is a good one. Uh, Sierra, that, uh, you know, he sees Tom Brady and they may have still a very tight relationship and he stayed with him, obviously. Yeah. And, um, he knows Brady is frustrated. Heck, they may even text back and forth. Um, and, you know, what if Brady, and I have no reason to believe that this is true, but what if Brady said, you know what, just apologize to Robert Kraft and see what happens? Uh, who right. knows? Right. I think it, it definitely is going, would take more than that, but I don't, I don't think that they've lost contact. I think they both have extreme respect for each other. I mean, Antonio Brown has now come out on social media many a time saying he's worked with, uh, obviously a lot of good quarterbacks in his day, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, but Tom Brady is just a whole different breed, by far the greatest of all time. So Antonio Brown out here singing his praises so Tom Brady obviously eating that up and misses having that uh, athletic freak of nature on his team so but it goes a lot deeper than just an apology to Robert Kraft I mean I don't think Robert Kraft uh, will take this one Instagram post and say yeah come on back AB all is all is forgotten it was a media storm I mean that whole week that he was in Foxborough felt like two years it was it was Horrible. a disaster. It was a shitstorm. I mean, yeah. there's no other way to put it. That is the definition of a crap storm. Uh, and the Patriots cannot, I mean, look, I don't want to say the Patriots are in shaky shape. They're not. They're 9-1. and one. They're a game up on the Ravens still. They're two games up on the Bills. And the Bills still have a Thanksgiving date with the Cowboys. And, you know, they're going to probably finish 12-4, and 13-3 at worst. But they right. don't want to introduce this. And, uh, you know, I think both of us can agree that this was A.B. being A.B. Yep. It's just, I mean, Antonio Brown's not in the NFL right now, so he has to remain relevant. And his way in doing so and staying on the top of people's mind is being active on social media, saying kind of controversial things that will get people talking. He knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, I think that's very well said, Sierra. Speaking with Sierra Goodwill of CLNS Media, covering all things Boston sports, including the Patriots Finder on Twitter. You should be following her, that's for sure, if you're a Boston sports fan. At Sierra Goodwill, all one word. Football and basketball seasons are definitely in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today. And you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or even tease your way through the season. You know what? You can even bet on wild proposition bets. How about these two, Sierra? Who will be the first head coach to get canned in the NBA? Believe it or not, there are early season candidates already. Hello, Knicks. Uh, and who will win the NBA MVP? Uh, I mean, it's got to be James Harden, uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now, right? Don't you think, Sierra? Absolutely. I mean, I, look, I, he didn't win it last year, uh, and he probably should have, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the Greek freak won it last year, or am I wrong? Am I misremembering? No, no, you're remembering correctly. Yeah, I, James Harden last year was the MVP, and uh, maybe James Harden is trying to start this season proving a point. Anyway, the point of the matter is you can go to betonline.ag and get those proposition bets in now. Get the fastest-to-market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use that promo code. You know it by now, CLNS. 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, talking with CLNS Media's Sierra Goodwill. All right, um, the other big story uh, of the day on Tuesday, Rob Gronkowski and yep. the Gronk Beach Festival. Um, I should get it right, so hold on a minute while I look this up. I'm so old, and I know I sound like just this old curmudgeonly reporter, but I'm, I don't know. I just get tired of all the hype, Sierra. Yeah. I, you know me, right? Oh, yeah. And it's and it's like, why do we need a big announcement? Uh, it's kind of like what I said about Antonio Brown. It's like he knows that everyone's going to be on the edge of their seat wondering if he's making a return to the Patriots, coming back to football, when in the back of all of our minds, we know that's not the case. No, he just it was the never going to be that way. Ever. He just wants the most possible eyeballs on his announcement. He got it. It was All, all Patriots fans were disappointed again. He's going to be hosting a music festival before the Super Bowl with a bunch of um, singers. Okay, let's read the, the tweet because you did a great job vamping uh, while I brought up his Twitter. I'm bringing the Fiesta to Miami with Gronk Beach Big Game Weekend, presented by Monster Energy. Prepare for my personal over-the-top oceanfront music festival featuring my friends. Um, and I am not, as the aforementioned 53-year-old host of this podcast, going to get into. Although I did make a Michael Kors reference, uh, Big Sean, right? It's Big Sean. Big Sean, yes, you were out there <laughs> spitting bars at the Lincoln Financial Field. <laughs> I certainly was, but anyway, um, bringing the big fiesta to Miami, that's great for Gronk, and he's dancing in this tournament. Yeah. You know, the point of the matter is, when people on 
Sunday, I believe it was, read his tweet that uh, I have a big announcement coming on Tuesday. There's no way he was going to announce he's coming back to the NFL and the Patriots that way, right? That just wasn't going to happen. No, I don't think so. And, you know, he's doing what he loves to do. He likes to be over the top, be dramatic, be silly, goofy, and that whatever he's doing at Super Bowl weekend is perfect right up his alley. But, no, he was never going to make his announcement that way. I don't. I think if he was coming back to the Patriots, the Patriots would maybe uh, try to have a conversation with Gronk make it more of a serious uh, announcement rather than Gronk's kind of lackadaisical goofiness. Um, but, no, Gronk is not coming. I think this now, this announcement that he's hosting something on Super Bowl weekend should completely put – an end to all of the return talk surrounding Gronk for this season. Sure, he's still saying he's not ruling out a uh, return to the NFL in the future, maybe next year if he's missing it and feeling great again. Um, but this year, it's over. It's done with. We can stop talking about it. Okay, you know what? Just for the kicks and giggles, I'm going to try to uh, pronounce these. And if I get all of them right, um, I'll get some type of uh, prize at uh, Gillette Stadium from you and Evan on Sunday. Diplo? Yes, Diplo. Cascade? Yep. Rick Ross? Yep. The official flow, which is Flow Rida. Flow Rida. DJ Carnage? Yep. And and here's where I I don't know if I lose, uh, lose you. Three Lao. Three Lao? That doesn't sound right, so I don't think you're pronouncing it right. I'm three Low? Three Low, maybe? Yeah, a three. Okay, it's the Twitter handle is at three L A U. Oh yeah, three Lao. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. I I, I def- so maybe I get a push on that anyway. I think I think we call that one a push, and I need to do some research here on these guys. <laughs> but Diplo and Cascade and Rick Ross, those are all those are all you got. You nailed it there. Well, I'm, what I'm really proud of here is the fact that I saw official flow, and I knew that was Flow Rida. Yes. So that one, I'll I'll, I'll uh, give myself a pat cool. on the back for. Um, how big do you think it is a deal that uh, Isaiah Wynn will be? practicing this week and getting ready to come back. Oh, it's enormous. I mean, the Patriots obviously making it official that he's going to be activated, Gunnar Oshevsky, uh to IR. But it is, I mean, I think Evan Lazar doesn't like to put all of the blame on Marshall Newhouse, and I understand that. But when you go back and watch film from the past couple of games, especially this past Sunday, I mean, there's a reason why – I hate to say use the word turnstile, but look, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's a reason he didn't have a job before the Patriots called him up. I mean, it was it was less than mediocre left tackle play, uh, especially when you're dealing with a quarterback who's 42 years old and really doesn't want to move outside of the pocket. He needs that extra extra time. It's going to be enormous. Isaiah Wynn should be able to be ready to go on Sunday, barring that he's out of shape, but I would assume he has maintained uh, his um, le- level of conditioning. So, yeah, Isaiah Wynn's going to make all the difference. Okay, this week I spoke with R.J. Ochoa. Does a fabulous job. Blogging the Boys is the site for SB Nation, uh, and I hosted the Cowboys Beat this week and spoke to R.J. about this. 
the Cowboys' defensive front seven could be licking their chops this week. I mean, between Demarcus Lawrence and old friend Michael Bennett coming to Foxborough, if that offensive line is not up to snuff on Sunday, it could be a much, believe it or not, could be a much worse game for Tom Brady than it was even on the road in Philly. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Dallas' front seven will be just drooling, ready to get their hands on Tom Brady. But I also think it is a decent amount of pressure on Isaiah Wynn, who's going to be thrown in back in the mix. Uh, he obviously hasn't played for a very long time, and Dallas is no joke of an opponent. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of high expectations on Wynn's shoulders. And I think if he doesn't have an excellent game, that there could be some overreaction from us media members. But I think he'll settle in as the time goes on. And the big thing is we haven't seen Isaiah win um, in back-to-back games, how he handles just weekly wear and tear. He's always been injured. Um, so it'll actually be interesting to see how sustainable he can be through the rest of the season because no doubt they need him. Uh, I just think that yeah, this is a concerning game. Uh, for the Patriots on a number of different levels. And offensively, when you take a look at uh, this offense against the uh, Patriots' defense, and again, I brought this up with R.J. Ochoa, what have the Patriots had trouble with? Physical, successful, and getting back to healthy offensive lines like the Dallas Cowboys. And Lael uh, Collins, um, supposedly, is going to be ready to go this Sunday. I mean, you know, he's a 50-50 uh, proposition at this point of the week. Uh, you know, we're you know recording this on Wednesday, uh, but you've got one of the best, very best interior offensive lines in the NFL. And if they come out and just say, to hell with it, we're going to run the ball and we're going to play power football. And if we can get uh, Dak Prescott out in the pocket a little bit, then, you know, that makes this all the more dangerous. Um, I think they're going to try to, you know, establish their dominance at the point of attack in the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. I think, obviously, Dak Prescott is no Lamar Jackson, but there are similarities there with Dak Prescott's a very mobile quarterback, and obviously the Patriots have been challenged with that, but Bill Belichick has been known to kind of identify his weaknesses and obviously that's going to be a focus this week in practice but I do think the Cowboys could be sort of not a trap game but this sort of a letdown I I think I see where you're going sort of a letdown in that they grinded out this ugly win on Sunday it was a win but it, it kind of had this air around it from a lot of it due to Tom Brady's press conference that it was there were so many opportunities that the Eagles could have taken advantage of to steal that game that kind of the Patriots defense played great, not taking that away from them. But let, let's be honest, Carson Wentz missed some key throws there in the fourth quarter, and there was a lot of opportunity for the Eagles to steal that game. It and was a statue in the pocket. Yeah. What I was stunned by in that game, there were a the couple of times, and, and you saw this as well as I did sitting next to me in the press box, where he took off up the middle when the pocket collapsed in the first half and he made some good yardage and there was none of that and obviously credit the Patriots for making some adjustments and um, keeping their linebackers a little more uh, you know away from the line of scrimmage so that if that did happen and Carson Wentz took off they could you know shadow him a little bit better but in the first half he took off and ran and 
made significant yardage. And I'm just surprised that the Eagles didn't try to get him out of the pocket, make him a little bit more mobile uh, to give him more time to throw the ball. Right. And, I mean, in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game, credit Ertz for actually getting open a couple times. Patriots mostly had great coverage on him, but Carson just missed him twice. So I think that the Cowboys can kind of look at that and say, okay, the Eagles were having success against the Patriots when Carson was moving outside the pocket. Dak can obviously do that even to a better extent than Carson Wentz can. Definitely. sort of the Achilles heel uh, of the Patriots defense so far this season. Yeah, I, I think Sunday's a fascinating game. And look, it's not the end of the world if the Patriots lose this game because it's an NFC game. And it does not carry the value of what a Chiefs or a Texans game uh, will carry. Um, you know, Actually, it'll be, I believe, uh, they play the Texans on the Sunday night game and then they play the Chiefs, correct? And then they... Um, you know, they'll beat the Bengals by 81 points. And then uh, they finish up at home against uh, the Bills, which I think will be an interesting game. Yeah, uh, go was, ahead. No, I think the Bills game will be really interesting. I think uh, there's – Patriots have always lost kind of a divisional game towards the end of the season um, where – Maybe they kind of overlooked it, not as well prepared. It's usually the Dolphins in Miami, obviously last year. But I think this is a game that the Bills are going to be really jacked up for because it's going to mean something to them. And for the first time, they're really in contention and they have a decent squad. So that that's a game to circle on the calendar for sure. Well, the other thing I would tell you about the Bills is I think they think Josh Allen is coming into form. And I I got to tell you, um, I didn't see that, and credit to the Bills for sticking with Josh Allen, but he is starting to look more and more like a dangerous quarterback. Granted, his numbers on Sunday uh, came against the Dolphins uh, right. in that secondary and that defense as a whole, but he's starting to look show signs of staying more patient in the pocket, not getting jittery feet, uh, and making, uh, with better mechanics, making better throws downfield. Right, well, that's what starting reps will get you, too, just – it takes a while to be comfortable. I mean, and in the NFL, I mean, there's no easy opponent. I know Bill Belichick says that all the time, and you can make the the case for a couple teams. But, I mean, Josh Allen has had to play every single week starting minutes with a great defense behind him where he's he's been put in really good situations as well because his defense is so strong. Uh, but like you said, He's been he's been improving. I'm not sure I'm completely on the Josh Allen train, but I'm not either. I'm just saying that if they if the Bills are going to be relevant in the last quarter of the season and and make a playoff run, he has got to be competent to good in terms of being able to make a couple of throws downfield under pressure. If the, if he can make, I don't know, two to three or four of those throws a game and and not turn the ball over like he did against the Patriots, yeah. they'll have a chance. Yeah, he was brutal in the game against the Patriots, but um, I think there, it'll be a different story come December. Uh, what are you eating? What am I eating? Yeah, it sounded like you were cooking something in your microwave. Oh, <laughs> That's so funny. That was a uh, – my washer machine was going off telling me that my laundry was done. So sorry about the background noise. But yeah, that's well, you know what? Yeah, there's a there's a mute button, and you can turn off the signal for the washing machine when you're doing a podcast. I'm so sorry, Travis. 
I'll, I'll be better next time. Sorry to disappoint you. But I just got home from Philadelphia. I was actually there for a couple of days after the game, spending time with some family. So I had to catch up on my laundry tonight. Well, you know what? Uh, I'll give you a pass on that one. Okay. Uh, you do a tremendous job for us at CLNS Media. And uh, what else are you doing this week uh, before the uh, boys and the Pats on Sunday? Yes, so I'm – Patriots practice all week long because the Celtics are still on that long five-game road trip out on the West Coast. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Patriots practice, and then uh, the Celtics come home this weekend, but they'll be off over the weekend. So then Patriots-Cowboys. So we're Patriots-centric this week. Yeah, I will be covering the Bruins on Saturday, and I will definitely look forward to seeing you on uh, Sunday, then I can uh, get back to beating up Alex Barth, uh, which is something I've made a uh, cottage industry out of down at Gillette Stadium. But uh, I'm going to have actually, you know, it's funny I say that. Uh, we're going to have Alex Barth on next week, so uh, we can catch up on the podcast. Yeah, Sierra, it's always great catching up with you and uh, really a blast. So fun, Travis. Thanks for having me on. Want to thank everybody for downloading today's Patriots Beat podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Sierra Goodwill. Obviously, please follow her on Twitter at Sierra Goodwill, all one word. Uh, also want to thank our terrific sponsor, betonline.ag. For producer Michael Longi and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat podcast powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.